Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Monday in which we don't need therapy from Katie Wu here on BK and Ferrario. Now, therapy for oh. other reasons, maybe, but not from Katie Wu. She's joining us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. She's our Cardinals insider for 101 ESPN. And of course, you can find her work over at The Athletic. She had a great piece that dropped earlier today, breaking down where the Cardinals are at as they get about 24 hours, 36 hours away from the trade deadline. Katie's joining us now here on the show. Alex back in studio with us today. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. How are you doing as we are getting closer and closer to the deadline? Yes, closer and closer to the deadline indeed. And I don't know about you guys, but this just feels like a, a, a different trade deadline. I think it's probably the one sort of one Soto sweepstakes that have made the pressure all for, for everyone really, really intensified. But I don't know. I know last season, everything was, was pretty ho-hum up until the last 24 to 36 hours before the deadline. And then all of a sudden it was like rapid fire trades being made. And I feel like we are approaching that almost identical time period. So it's been a little slow, but I do anticipate moves ramping up by tonight and certainly into tomorrow. Does this feel a little different than when the Cardinals acquired, I think it was Juan Nicasio back in 2017. It, I've, it's got a little bit of a different vibe than that year. Um, yeah, exactly. The, the Katie, what I found interesting, we were talking about this with Tanner and um, before our show today, I, I can't remember the last time that the Cardinals not just were like seemingly interested in so many different players, but even just the reports or the rumors that are floating around, like they're connected with, I think every single starting pitcher that is available and Juan Soto, how much of this do you think is real versus speculation? Well, that's a great point because so much of, of the weeks and the days leading up to the trade deadline are, you know, and this is not to discredit anything, obviously rumors are rumors and reports are reports, but situations are so fluid in this deadline. So for example, something I report on Friday could equal like 100% have changed by Monday. That's just the nature of the business at this time of year. It is not surprising to see the Cardinals in so many different players and so many different pitchers and in DeSoto because they're in a position where they need to. John Mazzalek has never been in a position to be a seller, of course. So it's not exactly new information or breaking news that the Cardinals are looking to buy, but they're looking to buy heavily. Now, the problem is, so is almost every other team in contention. That's what expanded playoffs do. That's what a a deadline in which there are so many, so many different players on the move. They're going to heighten expectations, especially when you add in a generational talent like Juan Soto, of course. The difficulties for this deadline, 
and this is why timing is so important, and usually why you see the trades ramp up between the last 24 and 36 hours is because each front office executive is trying to weigh what a cost is for buyers that isn't a massive overpay because this trade deadline, the majority of the leverage goes to the sellers, especially for the starting pitching market, because it is a relatively weak starting pitching market this year. So I think there's been a little bit of hesitancy. I mean, we saw the, the asking price release Castillo, uh, the Mariners party with four prospects, including their top two in the organization. That's really the only blueprint that teams have to go off of when it comes to the cost of starting pitching. And, you know, no one wants to be that exec that's going to significantly overpay if the market doesn't require you to do so. Katie, over the last 10 years, the Cardinals have had great teams that you look at and you say, man, they need to go out there and add for this team because they can make a serious World Series push. And a lot of the times, Cardinals fans are left really disappointed that Mo has not made any moves. Now that we're seeing him connected to so many different trade opportunities, including the Soto and all these pitching names, why do you feel like they've been connected so much? Like, is this Mo going all in because he knows it's the team? Or do you feel like this is Mo realizing that there's a lot of pressure on him? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a double-edged sword. You know, when you looked at the, the press conference and played back the press conference at last year's deadline when Mo acquired uh, Jay Happ and John Lester, a lot of the information that went into why he acquired two really stopgap starters was because he did not want to mess up the blueprint of 2022, which has always been estimated as the beginning of the Cardinals' prime window of contention. We've talked about this before pretty extensively. So a lot of the reasons he was so hesitant in 2020-2021 is because he didn't want to, you know, he's a very calculated front office executive. He's not um, an A.J. Preller-esque kind of uh, executive when he runs this organization. He never has been. So he was so calculated in what he did at 2021 to ensure that he did not mess up the blueprint of 2022-2023. And I think you're seeing him face a different kind of pressure because, at some point in reference to the future, which is usually how the Cardinals operate at the trade deadline, they don't want to mess up their future. Well, it certainly feels like that future is right now. I mean, you have a stellar, stellar season from Paul Goldschmidt so far, front runner for the National League MVP. Nolan Arenado, I think it's a little bit overshadowed by how well he's doing the season because of Paul Goldschmidt. But let's not forget, and I, I know that no one really has, he is eligible to opt out of his contract once again next year, or this season. Katie, can I follow up on that real quick? To do that. Of course. So you had a, a, a quote or a, a sentence in your story that reads, the risk in the latter approach of not going aggressive is that it's sure to set off a rift in the clubhouse and within the fan base. And Mosaloc must also appease Nolan Arenado, who has not yet decided whether he will opt out of his contract at the end of the season. End quote. Again, people can read your full story from today, and they should over at The Athletic, where they should be subscribing at this point. If they haven't already, go ahead and check that out. What is your understanding of the current situation with Nolan Arenado and how realistic it is that he could opt out at the end of the year? You know, honestly, guys, I personally don't think Nolan Arenado has put much thought into it. And I know that sounds a little bit ridiculous because everyone's so focused on his future. But I think he is so determined on staying locked in and, and taking it one week at a time. He obviously wants to win. And I do think that clubhouse will be severely disappointed and frustrated if there's not a significant move made at the deadline, because everyone knows, like I said, this is the window where they were promised to go for it. I mean, how many more seasons of Golshan Arnado can you expect this much production from? You have the rookies that you've been waited and refused and that the front office refused to trade last year because they were expected to be such a big part of the future. So I, I do think that it's a little premature 
to kind of definitively decide if Nolan Arnott is going to stay a Cardinal or he's going to opt out. And he could also opt out and renegotiate another couple years with the Cardinals, right? Just because if he doesn't intend to opt out or if he does actually do so, it doesn't necessarily mean he's walking away. But certainly from a front office standpoint, you want to eliminate that problem altogether. So there's a lot of moving pieces for Mo to configure over the next 36 hours or so. And that's why I think the pressure has become so immense here. Katie, I think a lot of Cardinals fans see this trade deadline and they say, okay, well, Juan Soto's here, but it's either Juan Soto or it's starting pitching. And BK and I and Tanner, we've talked about this. I just don't believe that. I think you can do both. Do you believe that the Cardinals can acquire Juan Soto and acquire a starting pitcher that can help them? This is one of my favorite arguments because I, I, it, the arguments for both sides are so passionate. I find them fascinating to read between fans. I do think... Cardinals can acquire Juan Soto should the Nationals decide to trade him. Let's let's back it up a little bit. It's not a sure thing that Juan Soto is traded to anyone at all. The Nationals' asking price for Soto is so rightfully high that the teams in, you know, Padres have been linked, Dodgers have been linked, Cardinals have been linked. They could all say no, that they're not willing to overspend that much and then he's not on the move. However, if things change, hypothetically, I do think the Cardinals could acquire Soto and a starting pitcher, but that starting pitcher is nowhere near top tier. You're not getting Soto and Montas, right? You're not getting Soto and Syndergaard, perhaps. If you do acquire Juan Soto and you also need a starting pitcher, you're getting a lower-level stopgap solution, uh, typical to what you saw last year with John Lester and Jay Happ. The starting pitching market, again, really favors the sellers. It's not a very... It's a pretty weak market when you look at all the relative options available. Guys like Carlos Rodon, they're going to cost you a lot. Guys like Nathan Avaldi, they're going to cost you more than you think. So I do think there's a way to get both, but you're certainly not going to get that top-tier rotation arm if you end up getting Juan Soto. Katie, here's a follow-up on that. I think people would be shocked. Like, we know what it's going to cost for Juan Soto because we, we've we heard all of the rumored asking prices, right? Like, it's going to cost you a ton. It's going to cost those top prospects, maybe Dylan Carlson. Like, those, those guys, we kind of understand what the board is and people know how much it's going to cost. When we are talking about the top of the pitching market, so specifically a guy like Frankie Montes, because I think it's kind of been framed as, hey, you can go over here and pay all these prospects for this hitter, or you can go over here and for much less, you're going to get a Frankie Montes, who's a really good starter. What do you think the cost is going to be for a guy like that? I think the cost of Frankie Montas is significantly higher than people realize. I mean, the Luis Castillo trade, again, is really the only thing we can go off of, but the A's have all the leverage in the situation. And when you're, when you're the Oakland A's organization, you're not really used to that position of power. The A's know that they have a lot to, that they have a lot to offer and that there are a lot of teams covering Montas. I think the asking price will be a top starter at the moat or at the minimum or a top prospect, I should say at the minimum for a top starter. And then I think that they add in a couple more. I think that the A's are trying to compile a pretty hefty package, not Soto level, of course, but some of the same names will be linked there. I, it is, for me, when I'm looking at what the Cardinals are going to do at this deadline, it's do they significantly, massively overhaul their farm system and land a franchise-altering generational talent that does not solve the pitching problem at all. But, of course, when you land one, or you have the opportunity to land Juan Soto, you explore avenues to do so. Do they overpay for a top-tier rotation arm that also is going to cost them their future? Or do they go their, tire, their tried-and-true method of finding, you know, durable, middle-of-the-rotation, stopgap arms. I do think once we find out a little bit more about Steven Matt, it certainly doesn't look like the Cardinals are going to get him back this season. There's a chance, but it's, the organization is pretty pessimistic he'll return this season. I understand 
waiting and, and or weighing the options of getting starting pitching. But I just think that market cost is so high. It really depends on how much are you willing to spend if you're John Mazaloff. So just to put in context for some of the listeners, you, you mentioned the Castillo trade. In return for Castillo, the Reds got the number 47 overall prospect in Baseball America's Top 100 and the number 48 overall prospect in Baseball America's Top 100. For context on what that looks like in the Cardinals system, that's like Nolan Gorman and one of Mason Wynn or Matthew Liberator. Is that kind of the, the cost that you think is realistic? For Montes? Yes, I think that, I, I mean, obviously you can't completely go off, sure. and nor do I think that you're trying to, um, prospect rankings and numbers, but I do think that would be the starting price for Frankie Montas, would be a Nolan Gorman type player, young, promising, lots of control, was a former top prospect, along with one of uh, Jordan Walker or Mason Wynn, and that's just the minimum. Katie, final one from me, and I'm going to put two hypothetical scenarios in front of you, and I want you to give me your best guess on this. And again, this is just us going down hypothetical paths. Cardinals acquire Juan Soto. Cardinals acquire Frankie Montas. Which team do you feel like has a better chance of winning the World Series this year? Ooh, great question. Great question. I I don't know if I have an answer to that. I really have to think about it. Hmm. I mean, the Cardinals are starting pitching. There's no way about it. And I know that the other half of, of the Cardinals fan base that is so, and I get it, I'm not arguing against it, that wants Soto so direly. I can't, I can't look at this Cardinals roster and justify them not adding a starting pitcher. I just can't. So I would go with Montas. Katie, final question. We'll get you out of here on this one. I'm going to put you in a bad spot of making you project what you think the Cardinals are going to do. And this could be, <laughs> tw- this could change literally 24 hours from now and almost assuredly will. So let's put that out on the front end as of 1149 on Monday. What do you think the Cardinals will do tomorrow at five o'clock? Oh man, I don't know. This is going to, you know what? This is going to age so poorly. So I'm going to have fun with it. I think based on how this front office has operated in years prior, that they acquire a starting pitcher. And I, and I don't think it'll be like the low level, you know, hopefully this works. I, I do think the front office is is aware of the growing immense pressure to do something, not just for, for the fan base, but for the clubhouse to appease their own players. I think the Cardinals add a middle rotation starter and that's it. I don't think they get Montas. I think the asking price is too high. Um, I don't think they get Syndergaard. I think the asking price is too high. But, you know, the Red Sox got a couple starters they're familiar with. Cardinals like that. Here's my off-the-wall prediction. Cardinal, and I have, this is just speculation. Cardinal trade for Michael Walker, and that's it. Uh, that was Alex. I want to make that very clear. That was Alex <laughs> Ferrario's response to that. Katie, we Sorry, appreciate the time. I know the next 24 hours is going to be crazy busy for you as you continue to track down all of these rumors. We will see you down at the ballpark tomorrow night. Hopefully we'll have plenty to talk about there. Guys, thank you so much. I look forward to you replaying that quote where I'm incredibly wrong uh, on our next, uh, <laughs> our next outing. <laughs> I've never uh, hoped more that you were wrong about anything, yes. Katie. We'll talk with you Same. soon. Thanks, guys. You got it. That's Katie Wu joining us here on 101 ESPN. Follow her on Twitter. She's at Katie J. Wu. And again, her reporting on this has been top notch. Her reporting on the Cardinals in general is top notch. You should be subscribing over at The Athletic to read all of her reporting there as well. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world class instructors. 
We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.